0: Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome
0: back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And
1: we got a fun episode for you today. We're going to be rounding out player grades uh, by looking at the defense and the goaltending, and maybe Craig Berube as well, giving him a grade, um, as well as discussing a, a recent viral video uh, that went about regarding Tommy's brand-new favorite team, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, so we're going to be getting into that. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about that. But before we do, just to remind everyone that today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app and join Tommy and I live get to get in on the action Locker Room. Changing the way we talk sports. So, in regards to Tommy's favorite team, the Tampa Bay Lightning. A little bit of backstory here. For some reason, the Tampa Bay Lightning had, used to have, a policy where in certain sections of their arena, I guess it was like uh, upgraded seating or whatever it was, like box seats, something like that. There was a rule that if you were sitting in that area, you were not allowed to wear any sort of gear from the opposing team which, first of all, that is so stupid, but it gets worse. So a video comes out, um, a man is recording, he's at the game with his 11-year-old son, they're both wearing Panthers gear, and they are being spoken to by two security guards, both of which telling them that they need to remove their Panthers jersey right now, or they'll be removed from the game. The guy says, I spoke to someone on the phone with the Tampa Bay Lightning, I was told I could wear this jersey, the security guards retort back with, nope, it's, it's it's arena policy, it's building policy, you cannot wear this jersey in here. And the guy says, you're scaring my son, please stop, we're going to stay here, we paid over $400 for these tickets, to which the security guard says, if we come back down and you and your son are still wearing Panthers jerseys, we will get the Tampa
0: Police Department involved. What? Listen, listen, no, all, all I'm no. saying is, first of all, the kid is asking for it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my God. No, but well, listen, listen, listen <laughs> to, Tam- to Tampa Bay's defense, um, optics wise, it makes sense, especially for a state like Florida, where I feel like a lot of fans are, I mean, essentially like Florida is a great vacation destination, right? I'm, I'm headed there tomorrow, actually. Um. So there's a lot of people that live in Florida that probably... You better not, wear, you, you better not wear a Panthers jersey in the no, wrong part I'll, of the Bay. You're going to get arrested. I'll be wearing blues gear out the wazoo, but... You'll still get arrested, I think. There's a lot of people that live in Florida that aren't born and raised in Florida. So I would assume that there's a lot of fans in Florida that are fans of other teams. So if there was any team in the NHL that this rule would make sense for, to not have a ton of different jerseys at a game where you're trying to promote one... Sp- specific team it would make sense for Florida that being said one of the best things about the sport of hockey is the rivalry between fans so just not excusing fans for wearing an opposing team's jersey uh when the team is playing at the game I, I think that's just absolutely absurd uh, and doesn't help grow the sport of hockey. Um, And I think one crucial thing that you decided to leave out Josh, which is fine because it doesn't fit your narrative, but Tampa Bay lightning did in fact say, Hey, we agree. This rule is stupid. So they got rid of it.
1: Bull b- <laughs> They just, <laughs> they just, they're just upset. Cause they're they doing the right hot. thing, Josh. They go, no, if that they're video, doing the didn't, right if thing. that, be quiet. If that video didn't go viral, there would still be that rule enforced. They they don't feel bad. They Someone didn't look at that and go, oh, that is a bad rule. Someone looked and said, oh, man, maybe this video of an 11-year-old child being threatened with arrest for wearing a jersey of his favorite team isn't the best look for our organization. We should change this asinine rule. Maybe that's what happened. But sure, yeah, maybe, maybe it was a, a true change of heart, Tommy. Maybe... The cheaters of the salary cap had a change of heart and decided let's not
0: arrest children at our hockey games for wearing the wrong jersey. Listen, we we only see what the video shows us as well. We don't know this entire story. Oh for all we know, goodness. for all we know, this 11 year old kid is dumping <laughs> popcorn on players and stuff on the ice. So we're not really sure. Um, the but listen, the yeah, listen. As a lifelong Tampa Bay Lightning fan, I will live and die by this team. So that being said, I support them in the fondest of days, like the Stanley Cup last year that I uh, barely watched any part of their game. But um, I will support them in the dark days as well. So I'm sticking with my bandwagon because they did, like I said, they did the right thing. Uh, They righted the wrong and said, yep, this is a dumb rule. We're going to get rid of it
1: what what would have been the wrong thing doubling down yeah and said can you, hey can we have imagine? a policy this
0: 11 year old child did not abide by it and so for that reason he's banned from this stadium <laughs> for life <laughs> any yeah. any return will, will lead to immediate prosecution it could have been a lot worse I don't know if it could have, yeah. I, I, could it, it have? Sh- it shouldn't have been worse. I don't know, honestly. It's pretty, it's not great. Not a great look on the league by any stretch. I I, th- I think the only thing that could have made that worse is if they actually brought
1: out the handcuffs like they threatened.
0: Oh my, can you imagine they just lead an 11-year-old kid out of the stadium in handcuffs and, and all, like, can you imagine being a fan and just not seeing, like, anything and just, just seeing an 11-year-old criminal no, with his hands behind him? Oh my god, I'd lose <laughs> my mind and be like, well, what are they-? Dude, like what could he have possibly done
1: <laughs> i'm picturing that kid on the on the way to the station sticking his head out of the out of the back joker style like with my phone call with a with crowd of panthers fans cheering him on and he thinks maybe maybe the maybe the criminal life isn't so bad dude that's his origin story yep he that's a it that villain. is the origin story he is going to become
0: a supervillain because he was mistreated by society at a tampa bay lightning game like all seriousness like i i do think obviously the tampa bay lightning uh, got caught red-handed with this just a ridiculous rule <laughs> um that that shouldn't be in the sport of hockey but i feel like this is not the first time that i've heard of a rule like that like i think nashville had something like that or like or they would also like fans from other states other cities that were trying to come in and like root on their team like weren't allowed to buy seats in like certain sections and like i feel like all of that stuff is dumb like if you're willing to pay like hundreds of dollars or like to watch your away team play in a home team's like stadium you should be able to sit wherever you want and wear whatever you want as long as it's like family friendly environment and all those things but like basically wear whatever you want support your team uh through thick and thin because that's what the hockey that's what nhl is all about is Diehard fans flying all over, the, all over the country to go watch some hockey. I think that's a lot of fun for everybody, so why would you stifle that by any means? I agree that you should stick with your, your, with, with your diehards. Until further with notice, are. Pat Maroon. I'm riding I'm riding with Pat Maroon, baby. The three-peat You're express. you standing I'm all aboard. by the child arresters. I'm, I'm standing wow. by Pat Maroon. Wow. wow. Because he stood by me one time when I worked at Sky Zone, and he was cool.
1: Well, I tell you what, Tommy. I'm standing by built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever did you know that built bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor if you don't know them well here they are you got coconut coconut almond cherry raspberry mint brownie peanut butter brownie double chocolate and salted caramel so there's something for everyone and if you haven't tried all the flavors don't know which one's your, your favorite you can get yourself a mixed box which comes with two of each of the nine flavors the best part is the reason why I love Bilt Bar so much is they are healthy. Most of the flavors have around 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. So go to builtbar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. And when we return, we'll be wrapping up this debate on whether or not it is okay to arrest children I say no. Tommy says yes. We'll continue that, and also That's give us some say. player grades for the defense. <laughs> That's not what I said. Also, <laughs> Going on record, that is not what I said. <laughs> and we'll be wrapping up our player grades on defensemen. Don't go anywhere. Tommy, welcome
0: back. Listen, I'm not Today. saying I'm not saying by any means that it's okay to arrest children. All I'm saying is juvenile detention does wonders. Dude, he should have read the email. There were signs posted everywhere. Can you even read, bro? He's only 11. To learn. Sometimes, <laughs> hey, tough love is the best love. That's true. That's true. So we knock out some of these ratings? <laughs> I, guess, I
1: guess so. I guess so. It. First of all, the Tampa Bay Lightning security staff get an
0: F. Yeah, I have to. That
1: kid gets an A+. Panther's
0: pride, baby. Working with kids for so long, like five years or something, I'm probably a little bit biased, but like, you go down an 11 year old is breaking rules. The last thing you want to do is just like threaten them and say like, Hey, like you're in trouble. You better listen, young man. Or like, because they're like, even if the 11 year old's like there by himself, the last thing he's going to want to do is comply. Right. Like he'd be like, no, like I don't need authority. Like all my teachers are dumb and you are too. Like that's the 11 <laughs> year old's like thought process. Right. So it just be like, listen, man, like it's probably a dumb rule. I don't like it as much as the next person, but like, you have to abide by it, and if I don't tell you this, like I'm, my boss is going to get mad at me, and they'll, I feel like they'd be a lot more understanding than like, oh, we're going to send you to jail. <laughs> what? <laughs> we're going to get. Sorry, we're getting TPD
1: involved. My good God! <laughs> How can we be sure that that eleven-year-old wasn't just Spencer Knight taking a break in between in between uh, uh, rushes from Steven Samkos and Nikita Kucherov and, and, and co. Might have just been. He could have been, been a goalie. spy.
0: He could have been undercover. Like you, really have no idea of like what this eleven-year-old <laughs> was, was capable of. <laughs> of. <laughs> he
1: had to neutralize the threat. I, that's what I'm saying. Derailed long ago.
0: Anyway, Robert Bertuzzo. And... A B C D E or F E E. A- <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I have no idea. Throw an E in there. Robert yeah.
1: Bertuzzo. Um, Robert Bertuzzo seems like uh, seems like a player who who Father Time came knocking on his door. Last year and, and 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 that showed this year he had flashes where he looked like his former self now no offense to Robert Bertuzzo, his former self was never anything stellar um, so he's he's already just you know behind the ape off in that sense he's always been a guy that just relies on work working his butt off to to get in this lineup and to make, make make an impact and he has in the past I just don't think his his body is is allowing him to do that so much anymore he just seems like a step slower this year. Um, just a little bit, a little bit behind on like his pivots. Um, not quite as physical, wasn't getting to loose pucks quite as quick. Um, so I don't think it's his fault. I don't think he, he played poorly by any means. I just don't think that he has the skill, um, anymore to impact this team the way that he used to. Uh, and for that, I'm giving him a D. I think he's, he's, maybe he can find a, a role on another team, but I don't think he has a, a role in the top six with the St. Louis Blues anymore.
0: I'm inclined to give him a D as well, uh, mostly because if you listen to the pod throughout the season, uh, I feel like a large part of the reason that the Blues had such problems on defense might have been because they had to rely on Robert Bertuzzo. Uh, And in the past, it felt like you could rely on him uh, to kind of not only provide that physicality and like that and almost enforcer role he has uh, in the defensive end, but also uh, do his job just playing defense with his stick work, uh, isolating the player from the puck, all those things. And I feel like uh, he didn't meet my expectations in that category. For I feel like the first half of the season, he really struggled. The second half of the season, uh, he kind of came around. But I think I'm inclined to give him a D uh, for all the reasons that you gave as well. All right, <clears throat> moving on. The next guy on
1: my list is uh, Tory Krug. Torrey Krug big big signing for the Blues was supposed to replace Alex Petrangelo not exactly necessarily with his play style but you know fill the fill some of the void that Petrangelo left obviously completely different player and my you know no one's expectations of him were that he was going to be a defensive stud that being said he was supposed to carry the offense and I do think he did a pretty good job quarterbacking the power play um you know still got a lot of points but one goal on the year and didn't really produce a whole lot Um, in the playoffs as well. Definitely an underwhelming season from Tory Krug. Uh, But again, I I might chalk that up to the fact that players often have a pretty hard time gelling in the blue system. And I'm hopeful that we could see a Justin Falk-type turnaround from Tory Krug next year. But for that reason, I don't think he really blew anyone away. But I don't think he played that poorly either. I'm giving him a C.
0: If his point production was there more, if he had more goals scored, I'd probably give him a B. Um, But I mean, your highest point production, defenseman, even more than Justin Falk, who we all agree had a fantastic season, especially bouncing back after last year. Um, I think a C is a fair grade for Tory Krug. Maybe not even with his expectations, though. I feel like he didn't, he didn't live up to the expectations, at least that I had for him, uh, on the power play and in terms of, like we said, offensive possession uh, for this team. I felt like he would have been a lot bigger, a much bigger factor than he was. I still think he's capable of that. And obviously the contract he's on uh gives him time to figure it out. And I think that he will, especially with like the chemistry and all that thing. All of those things. I, I think that'll help a lot once these guys can actually get together and uh and hang out a little bit more than they got to this season. So uh, I I will give Tory Krug a C, uh probably bump that up to a B, maybe an A next yeah, season. Yeah, and hopefully. I think I think something potential. that's important to
1: note is a lot of I don't even want to say Tory Krug struggled necessarily this year, but a lot of the areas where Tory Krug was sort of lacking um, is very similar to where Justin Falk struggled last year. Um, and it just kind of seemed like he he was sort of play, playing on his own, not necessarily cohesive with the rest of the unit, not um, not 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 all not completely on the same page chemistry-wise, et cetera, et cetera. Just a very similar trajectory to Justin Falk, where towards the end he kind of got to figure it out a little bit more and showed flashes, but the consistency wasn't really there. So I think with the full off season under his belt as a member of the Blues organization and, like you said, being able to build that chemistry, we can see a huge shit in You Krug. Know, having him produce a B or even an A season next year could do wonders for this team.
0: The next guy I have on my list is Vince Dunn. Uh, I feel like this one's a little bit controversial because uh, I feel like towards the beginning of the season, a lot of people were attempting to use him as a scapegoat as to why the Blues defense wasn't doing as well as a lot of people expected them to be. That being said, uh, Vince Dunn last season in 71 games had nine goals and 14 assists for 23 points. And this season in 43 games, he had six goals and 14, assi- 14 assists for 20 points. So uh, almost half the games, he almost matched his point total from last season. Uh, I get... The concern in the defensive end, uh, there was times when he had egregious turnovers. There was times when he got walked. But I feel like if you pair him with someone that's locked down defensively, maybe a guy like, I don't know, Carl Gunnarsson or uh, any anyone of that archetype, he's a perfect complement to them because he provides the offense that this team needs from the defensive zone. And really what helped the team propel to the 2019 Stanley Cup championship was uh, defensive offense right and guys jumping in the play, so I feel like vince dunn uh brought that capability this year i'm gonna give him he also asked for an increased role on the power play on and on the penalty kill it didn't really work out um I think i'm gonna give him a c on the season, but if I'm going based off a of point production, I think I'd give him a b so that's interesting
1: i i did not i hadn't looked at the stats um for his point numbers um and honestly i had him at a d until you until you read those off me just because i do feel like he did increase his production but i felt like almost every other area of his game took a step back this season um and that coupled with the fact that he asked for an increased role and then very much struggled in that role is concerning um but that being said i do th- I do think that he produced offensively pretty well um and there were flashes um of what he's capable of being a really good defenseman for this team and I know that all of the advanced stats love Vince Dunn and think that he's tremendous um and I do think that he had moments this year, but I think a c is a fair rating for him um but i I'd, I'd almost argue that you could you could give it a little bit lower just because I don't think that he progressed as much as someone that his age and his position and his skill set should have. So, yeah, I think C is fair for him.
0: I think when you think of the term like offensive defenseman, I feel like Vince Dunn is like the epitome of that, really, because because of the problems that we saw in the defensive zone. Like, But if he's bringing that, that the exact opposite of that in the offensive zone, like he's still an asset to your team, matching your point total from last season in almost half the games – uh, that bodes well for him trending. I mean, he's been in he's been in the league what four seasons now. So it's it's if that breakout is coming, it's gonna it's gonna happen pretty soon here to where he just absolutely explodes. So if you're the St. Louis Blues, you definitely want to be on the right side of that and not see him walk in the off season and go directly to a team and my job yeah yeah exactly yeah, i would way.
1: i would bet on Dunn having a big year next year but if you want to bet on literally anything your heart desires check out betonline.ag betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at betonline.ag get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs including mlb nba nhl and all of your ufc and mma action Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to finally get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. That's literally free money if you go to BetOnline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON when you make your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts, and when we return, we'll be wrapping up the rest of these player ratings and closing out a wonderful week of podcasting. So we'll be right back. All right, Tommy, last segment of the last episode of the week. Got a few player name, few player grades to give out. Got to kind of speed run through these last few because, of course, these episodes continue to to run way quicker than they feel. So next guy I have on my list goes by the name of Colton Pareko. Colton Pareko is a guy that I think struggled a little bit at the beginning of the year. Um, and it was pretty apparent that he wasn't playing at a hundred percent. Um, and I think it was, it was pretty concerning, uh, cause I, I don't think that he's looked, he was dominant in that cup run, obviously a couple years ago, and we hadn't really seen that return to form since. Um, And especially the way that he started this season, it was very concerning for him. But I do think that once he took the time off that he needed to rehab that back injury, he came back as an absolute force and was one of the best, if not the best defenseman on this team for stretches and and looked like shades of his former self, absolutely. Um, Gave me a whole lot of confidence in him being the number one guy or number two guy, whatever it may be, on this team for years to come. Colt Perico gets a B.
0: I'm gonna be on the other side here, Josh. I'm gonna give Colton Pareko a D. Now, really? here's my reason. Yeah, here's my reasoning for that. Uh, if you're going off of expectations, I mean, the Blues gave him an A. Basically, said this is our number one guy that we're gonna go forward with in the absence of Alex Petrangelo. So right off the jump, I mean, kind of unfairly, uh, the expectations are extremely high for Colton Pareko. Gets hurt, messes the backup. Uh, still taking that into consideration, I feel like when he was on the ice, especially with that. Uh, Tory Krug pairing he has to do a better job of playing physical for my liking especially if he's going to be a number one guy in um, the offensive zone kind of reeling it into I uh, he's got to get that those shots on goal and like uh, he's got a howitzer uh, like you write home about uh, Al McKinnis level slap shot uh, but you got to get those shots on goal corral it a little bit and I think in the defensive zone like I said if he was just a little bit more physical I mean he's six five, dude's a giant he should be able to move bodies around there at will. I don't know if he has the tenacity. I know the blues media and a lot of people talk about that. Like, I, I get he's a nice guy and like, doesn't want to be body banging out there. But at the end of the day, if this team needs that. He needs to be the one to step up to do that because he's one of the biggest defensemen we have and one of the most skilled we have. So I feel like for all of those reasons, Colton Pareko, like you said, and when he played in the Stanley Cup run next to Jay Bomeester, he looked like an absolute world beater like a top 10 defenseman in the league. I think they had him on one of those lists at some point. I haven't really seen that from him since then. And for that reason, I'm going to give him a D on the season. Interesting. Interesting. I mean... I just want to see more. I just want to see more. I know that he's capable of bringing more to the table. I want to see it.
1: Yeah, I guess you could argue that we didn't see enough out of him this season, but I I do give the back injury a lot of... Credit for for his slow yeah. sort of his slow season, but I, I think that the flashes were there, and I think that especially towards the end of the year. I mean, the Colorado series doesn't count because nobody looked good in that series. But mm-hmm. towards the end of the year, um, the Blues started playing some pretty sound defense, and I think he was a big part of that. Um, but yeah, m- maybe I could maybe I could see giving him a C. I don't think you can give him a D though, especially with with him dealing with that injury like he did. I, I don't even think you can count his play at the beginning of the season when he was injured, um, but. We do have to move on because we are running long on this episode. So the next guy I have on my list is Marco Scandella. Scandella is a guy that I... You see, my expectations were higher, but I think that was just because he probably played above what he was capable of in that one stretch where he was on parade. that win streak, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that that gave us sort of all of us unrealistic expectations for Marco Scandella. I think he was okay this year. Nothing special. I give him a C. I'm
0: probably leaning closer to a D because of what you said and like the expectations when he, when he joined in. And I, I don't think he played his best hockey this season, but like you also said, I don't, I don't really think anyone on our defensive core played their best hockey this season. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stick him in a C. He's not really, he's not really too much of a needle pusher to begin with. So it didn't have that big of an impact on the team that he was playing poorly. Um, but I still think he's capable of more like a lot of guys on this team. So we'll stick with a C for now.
1: All right. Moving on from Marcos Scandella, we did Robert Bertuzzo. Uh, Nico Micola, a guy that I think exceeded a lot of people's expectations. Um, Didn't get a whole lot of playing time, but when he did, he looked pretty solid. Um, I'd give Nico Mikola a B.
0: Yeah, I'll give him a B. I, I liked his game. I liked uh, the size back there for sure. Uh, kind of similar to Colton Pareko. I would like to see him be a little bit more physical, but we did see that a little bit closer to the season. Uh, sticking up for his goal. He's sticking up for himself. Guys taking wax at him. I feel like a lot of rookies in this league would cower back and be like, oh, like sorry, like veteran presence, all that stuff. You don't want to really uh, rub elbows with guys like that. But uh, not Nico. He said, you know what? Like You're going to act like a punk. I'm a punky for it. So mm-hmm. uh, I love that from him. I would love to see some more of that from him. So B for Nico, for sure. Awesome. Moving on to a guy that I think... Um, you you sold me on him before
1: the podcast, so I don't, I don't want to steal your thunder here because uh, I think you explained it really, really well. But Jake Wallman is a guy that I think came in and played miles ab- above what a lot of people expected of him. I, I think he probably played miles above what Berube and management expected of him this year. I don't think when they called them up, they envisioned him having as much of a role as he did. Um, and he earns the crap out of that role uh a shaky start for sure but it seems like as soon as he um started writing well, was uncle doug right on his stick
0: i think um, so yeah. as soon
1: as he as soon as he did that it felt like things just clicked for him um and he, and he looked like a guy that had been in the league for years um and played with a lot of confidence back there it's so unfortunate that he wasn't able to help the blues out in the playoffs because he ended up on the covid list but um a guy that i think is one of the few members of this roster to earn, to earn an a this season
0: i agree with you 100 you gotta give him an a i mean you, you said it best you don't expect really rookies to come in and we talked about it with Joshua. we talked about it a little bit with mikola but you really don't expect rookies to come in especially in the role of like guys just being hurt and pulling guys from the taxi squad and being like well now's your chance like we need you uh step up and fill in but jake wallman absolutely superseded that uh especially down the stretch uh that pairing of colton pareko and jake wallman i thought was fantastic they were establishing chemistry uh on the ice um his skating capability, I feel like the Blues, obviously, like I said it on this podcast, Like I would I would not like to lose Vince Dunn as I feel like he's finally reaching that potential of on the brink of an explosion. But if you do lose Vince Dunn and you do need to save salary cap space there, uh, whatever it might be that you let Vince Dunn walk, Jake Wallman is the contingency plan for Vince Dunn because they're super similar in their play styles. I feel like Jake Wallman might even be a little bit better already in his own zone, but still slinging the puck around the ice. Uh, he brings that offensive capability about the same size there too. And we saw some physicality from him uh, towards the end of the season as well. Yeah. You got to give Jake Wallman an A. I think if you, if, if Jake Wallman doesn't fit into this team, find his footing and help down the stretch. I'm not sure this team makes the playoffs to be honest with you.
1: Jake Wallman was a really integral part of this team down the stretch. And I don't think that is anything that anyone expected. Um so you know, this whole time we've been grading based off of expectations. Um so who 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 exceeded expectations more than Jake Wallman? I'd argue maybe no one. Um
0: Justin Falk, maybe. Maybe
1: Justin Falk, yeah. But but to be fair, that was what the, I think this season is around what we expected of Justin Falk when we brought him in. Um so just because he had such a such a down year last year doesn't doesn't um exempt him from those expectations granted you know still give him an a this year for sure still give him an a hundred so, percent yeah. we're at the 30 minute mark do you want to save the goldie conversation for monday because i feel yeah. like we could we could definitely make a make a good 20 minutes out of out of this but I, I do think we can take a couple minutes right now and give a give a give a grade to craig Berube. um and i'm
0: curious as to what your thoughts are because i'm not i'm not too uh not too pleased with with a performance this year i don't think he exceeded anyone's expectations i think i'm almost inclined to give him a d but i'll go I with am. a c i i feel like with i feel like with injuries and everything i mean you've got two rookies in the lineup for the majority of the year in mikola and jake wallman uh all of those things combined i that's a difficult task for any coach to navigate much less a coach like craig Berube, uh who relies on that defense so much so uh, I'll stick with a C for now, but his handling of Mike Hoffman was egregious. Mm-hmm. And for so many Blues fans talking on Twitter and in the media and all these things, for so many people saying, why are we using Mike Hoffman this way? For it to take him so long to figure to figure that mess out, I feel like is unforgivable in terms of this season. That's the biggest problem for me with Craig Berube. I think one of Craig Berube's
1: biggest assets when the team is successful is his stubbornness. Um, I don't think he lets this team get complacent. I think he's really good at motivating the guys in that way. But on the flip side, his biggest uh, flaw in his Achilles heel that I think we saw this year is that stubbornness. And I think it cost the Blues – I don't say it cost the Blues a game in the playoffs because I got rolled over by the Avalanche. But we really didn't see a whole lot of line alterations when the Avalanche continued to stomp on the Blues. We didn't see a whole lot of change in play style the avalanche continue to stop on the blues and
0: like you said yeah, it, not ch- not changing the lineup that last game yeah. was a major head scratcher yeah. for me as well Ava- I stubborn, like to see stubborn. And, yeah it, it's it's
1: Mike kaufman being utilized the way he was craig ruby knew after game one of putting Mike kaufman on the fourth line that that is not how he is he is meant best to succeed maybe it was a punishment maybe it was hey you're gonna play on the fourth line until you show proper effort whatever but Probably cost the Blues some wins. Probably cost Mike Hoffman some chemistry. Probably um, caused some frustration uh, with Mike Hoffman and maybe someone else in the locker room. And then the other one is Zach Sanford. Another example of stubbornness. Continues to try to force Zach Sanford into situations to play above his capabilities. And every once in a while, he had a good game. And is like, all right, yep, keeping him there. And, and it seems like another one. For weeks, it seems like the fans and the media were ahead of Ruby on that one and just said, move Sanford down. And then he did, and the team was successful as a result. So not to say that I don't think you can place a whole lot of blame on Craig Ruby, but it does beg the question, how would the season have gone differently if he was a little bit more open to change and a little bit more responsive to what I think the team was getting?
0: Off-season announcement by Doug Armstrong, your your newest coach of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Twitter every decision Will be made with a with a One hour long Twitter Just run poll. a poll <laughs> Yeah who's starting tonight run a poll Alright sounds good yeah, I pretty- think you guys have been unreal uh, throughout this episode I think that's all the time we have for today I just want to thank you guys for listening to the Locked on Blues podcast Part of the Locked on Podcast Network your team Every day make sure you hit that follow or subscribe Button on whatever platform you're Currently listening to you can follow us on Twitter Instagram Facebook and TikTok at Locked On Blues. You can follow me on Twitter and Locker Room. We're going to be running some pretty soon here, especially in the next month. Uh, at Twelcher15. You can follow Josh on Twitter and Locker Room at Josh Hyman NHL. Uh, but like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go, Blues.